Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another podcast from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Carl McKenna and Ben Wynn Stanley. Today we are looking forward to the FA Cup fourth round against Sheffield Wednesday, which is being played on Sunday. Carl, it's a little bit like the Rotherham game in the third round. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday are currently sitting in 23rd. Do you envisage any problems when you play them on Sunday? I don't envision any problems, Mick, but... You know, I think you'd ask me the same question as the Rodham game. I'd have said the exact same answer to me. Um, I expect us to go out full strength, full hit, and uh, turn them over pretty easy, I, I, I think, to be honest, Mick. I mean, I think we've learned a lot from that Rodham game, haven't we? Not to take any any credit away from Rodham, but, you know, realistically, the game should be dead and buried, daily doors, for me personally, and especially with the rest that we've had, the fitness levels that we should have, and the players that can come on start, whether that be fringe or start, whether it be the first team eleven, you know we should be able to get these done and dusted in the first half, and then think think about Tuesday then. So yeah, mm. I envision a um, a win. Ben Sheffield Wednesday haven't played a game since the the ninth of January uh, due to COVID. They're still waiting on the next round of testing to know who is available to play on Sunday. That should probably go in our favour, shouldn't it? You'd imagine, obviously, if they're having to play the kids. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, Mick is currently sitting twenty third in the Championship, Sheffield Wednesday. So they're not having their the best season. Um, to be fair, that they are really down, struggling, fighting in the Championship. So they've they've won six, drawn seven, and lost ten. Um, so they normally play a solid four four two British formation. 
Um, but, but like you said, it, it probably will give us an advantage because I don't know how they've been training. Um, I've tried to get in touch with some Sheffield Wednesday fans on Twitter. Um, they've said they're expecting to put a weekend side out against us. Um, they've got no real hope, to be fair, either. So, But l- like uh, like Carl's just said, then we don't know what Everton we're going to get from these games. Like I, I thought the Rotherham game was going to be a walkover. And, and to be honest, we got quite lucky in the end getting mm. through that game unscathed. Um, mm. So you look, you look at Sheffield Wednesday's stats. So they, they scored fifteen times this year in the championship and conceded twenty three. So that shows me that they haven't got uh, a lot of fire in line. They're not really scoring goals. Um, I think look at some of the players: Barry Bannon, ex Aston Villa; Callum Patterson mm-hmm. from Cardiff. He's he's got Premier League experience. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, who, who seems to been around that for 15, 20 years. His name keeps on cropping up everywhere. And we all know he, he scores goals in the Championship. He came up to the Premier League and struggled. So it's it's a hard one, Mick, to be fair. I, I hope they do play a weekend team because um, I, I really want to push for this cup. I, I said on the last podcast, I'm, I'm desperate for silverware. And I've seen that debate come up a few times about getting top four and back in or do you want to win a trophy? We've got to go all out for this, uh, as Carl states. Mm-hmm. We've got to have a full lineup and we just build that momentum again of hopefully not playing that filler game that the lads are refreshed like we spoke about with Borley the other day so I'm hoping for a nice comfortable win but like I said it's Everton you never know what you're going to get Carl just touching on Sheffield Wednesday before we move over to to the Blue Boys Sheffield Wednesday won four out of their last five Um, obviously they had a bit of a turmoil with Tony Pulis and he was sacked after ten games but it goes to show they are competitive when they want to be. They've won four from five, but the other one was a draw. So they're five unbeaten in all competitions now. Um, we've got to show them some respect, haven't we? Because at the end of the day, they are a championship club. Yeah, agreed. We've definitely got to show them respect because, you know, like me and Ben have pointed out there, that sometimes when we don't, you know, potential banana skins happen, don't they? And the Rotherham game is certainly one of them. So they can't be taken lightly. And with that formation, even though the old four four two. Typical English formation, like Ben mentioned. That I still think that's a great formation for, for teams that are lower le- lower level. I really do. Because, yeah. you know, they get the best out of it. It's easy to understand. They all do the role right back, left back, right mid, left mid, two strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they can't be taken lightly. And obviously, with the current form, most certainly can't be. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Everton, team selection, dilemmas and a few other things to talk about, Ben. You'd expect Decore to play, wouldn't you, considering that he is suspended for the next league game uh, against Leicester? Yeah, definitely. Um, I said on the last podcast, he's going to be a massive miss. Uh, Abdelal Decore, he's been one of the top three players for me this year. Um, and he has to start simply uh, for me in, in a 4-3-3 formation. And He's going to go for the Tom Davis, uh, Andre Gomez and Abdelal Decore three. Um, we've seen against Rotherham when Decore came on it. He changed the game again. He was powerful, got the winning goal, and he was he was box to box. So, I think going through the team, you're probably going to look at Robin Olsen, probably getting a going goal. He's, he, when he's played, he hasn't done much wrong for me. Thought he's been playing quite well. Centre half pairing, I'd like to see Holgate and Godfrey again, um, getting a few minutes. I know we've discussed how good Mida and Keane have been, but these are our upcoming young centre halves, and I'd love to get them have a go. Um, in Kunku left back, I'd, I'd like to see him. Um, get a full 90 minutes under his belt and not coming in off the bench, especially against lower league opposition. Um, right back, it, we don't know. John Joe Kenny, is, I think he's in the shop window. And is, Could this be a time to show teams that he's he still got it, that he has still got uh, football and ability? So it's, it's a difficult one. and I'd like to see that back five. Like I said, the, 
the the three in midfield and the Hamez, Rodriguez, uh, Awobi and Dominic Calvert Lewin. Are we going to risk him? I'm not so sure. Is it time for Cheng Toshin to once again step up, or is he too tired? Or I think we're going to go into further <laughs> on through the podcast. Is is he looking to leave? It's it's one of them. It was we talked about it in the Wolves game. It was just a strange decision for Cheng Toshin not to play. But mm. to me, that that. that that means he might be looking elsewhere, but I'm not too sure. But for me, I'd like to see some changes, Mick. A bit of squad rotation, especially if Sheffield Wednesday playing a weakened team. But we can't be complacent against this team. It's backfired in the past so many times. So, a good, solid team. Um, and I'd like to kick on. Carl, what are your thoughts, obviously, with with only three days then till we play Leicester? Yeah, again, Mick, it's just, you know, you've, you've got to deal with the, the cards you've been dealt with, haven't you, really? I mean... You know, moving to the Premier League, we're already a couple of games behind on them as well. So, you know, I don't know how far ahead Ancelotti's going to think about this game. And, you know, is he thinking after the game, the game after Tuesday? You know what I mean? So, I think, um, in my my opinion, looking at the team and the squad now, everyone seems to be back in a decent condition. So, it would make sense to maybe start a strong team out. Maybe similar ones that Ben just mentioned then. Maybe give the lads, the first team lads, a run in the first half. We'll try and get the game, you know, seen out and, and get a one or two goals in that first half, put the pressure on them and then possibly start taking players off. Because don't forget, some of the lads haven't played, have they, for a while? Although they have been training hard and competitively, probably. It's not, it's not like a game, is it? They're not getting any game time. So Ancelotti will have that in his mind, thinking that he will want them to be quite fresh because... You know, the game on Tuesday, it will be in the mind it's gonna be a you know, they could still be top of the league. Um or up mm-hmm. there anyway. So, you know, we we've got to be thinking ahead ahead of ourselves and I think Ancelotti's mm-hmm. got a bit of a dilemma to be honest with you, Mick, I really do. Mm, we've got three games coming up quite fast and uh and frantic after this Sheffield Wednesday game, Ben. DCR he, he he's supposedly fit for the weekend. Would you give him forty five minutes to get his legs going again? Um, I'd like to try and hold them back in reserve, like you said. But the Premier, we are still in the mix for the Premier League, um, <laughs> for the top four. Um, not Premier League in general. I'd love it to be, but you know, we'll go, we'll go top four. <laughs> Aim for the sky, and we'll lift the ceiling. Eh? So, yeah, yeah top absolutely. <laughs> so I, I'd, I'd maybe go for Tosun to start. We, you never know with the muscular injuries, especially with Calvert Lewin, had a bit of a twinge of his hamstring. You, you never want to rush players back unnecessarily because if it goes again, it, it could mean six to eight weeks, and that's our season up in the air. Um, we, we played well the games where Calvert Lewin's been out, fortunately, and we've got some goals and other players have contributed. So I, I, I'd be looking to try and to, to play maybe Tosun um, up top or maybe even Richarlison up top to try and get him a few goals. I think he, he's crying out for a goal, Richarlison. He's, he's working his he's working his arse off um, and he just can't get that goal. I think he scored three or four times this year and only once in the Premier League. He just needs to get going this year. He, he's had the chances. Mm. He just needs to start putting them, them away. Even if it's off his backside, anything, just... Get the goal, so maybe, maybe mm. put Richarlison up front for uh, for a bit, and he's looking for a goal. He always likes scoring for Everton, so maybe look at him up top and bring. If Calvert Lewin come on for the last twenty, last thirty, and bring him back easily when the game's run, it try and nick a goal. It's a difficult one. It, it's one of them. It, it really depends. Ancelotti's got a dilemma, which is good. It's good to have at Everton this year. Like 
um, different squad rotations, different formations. We, we've seen he's tried and tested a few. So, for me, I'd like to see Calvert-Lewin coming off the bench. Um, I wouldn't throw him in straight at deep end because you know what? The, the, the Championship, they are big lads and they normally hit and they're very physical. It's a very physical league. Once you get in that league, it's quite difficult to actually get out because it's it, not, not scrappy as such, but they're very physical. Um, if some Premier mm. League teams slip up against that, so... If you bring him back too early, it could cost us long term. So I'd like to just ease him in slowly. That would be my answer, Matt. Mm. Carl, just touching on uh, what Ben said about Richarlison. Uh, in the week, uh, this week, I was reading an article about Richarlison and his attitude uh, was being questioned regarding mm. you know him sulking and, and, like I say, his attitude in general. My personal opinion on it is, I, I believe he's... I'm not saying he's in the same bracket as Cristiano Ronaldo, but when Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't score a goal, it seems like he's sulking because he he thrives off goals. And that's the way I see Richarlison. When he scores, he's he's, he's happy, he's thriving. Everton can win 4-0, and if Richarlison hasn't scored, it looks like he's sulking because, for me, like I say, he thrives off goals. Do you feel like he just needs one goal and then he's back up and running? Well, yeah, he's you know he thinks fairly hard of himself, doesn't he, Richardson as well? So he's definitely got the Ronaldo in him. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I'd like to think so, Mick. I think we touched on this a couple of podcasts ago uh, about Richardson, about about his attitude at the moment, and and you know he looks very like lacklustre and stuff like that, and he, he doesn't look the player he has been for. As I I'll give you that one, whether that's a goal, I'm not too sure, Mick, but. In in your opinion of you saying that he needs a goal to kick him back and fire him back up, I, yeah, I think I, so. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying he's he's as good as Ronaldo. Obviously, I've you know don't quote me on that one. All I'm saying is it's that mentality of some players, a bit like Ruud van Nistelrooy back in the day. They thrive off goals and they're happy when they're scoring, and when they're not scoring, it looks like they're sulking. Yeah. But it, yeah, I mean, look, I love Richardson. I think he's he's one of our main main players and. When he's in the team, he's a threat, and he's always he's always working hard, and he's un- he's unbelievable at times. But I just think this se- this season something's not not quite right with him. And you know, he's had enough chances to score, hasn't he? He's, he's been scuffing a few, mm. and he's been passing a few to the keeper like a pass back. You know, last season he was just putting him right through for the net, wasn't he? You know, he wasn't really thinking about it. So mm. yeah, I think he's definitely lacking confidence in front of goal, and I'm hoping with like yourself, Mick, that once he gets this goal. And playing up front would be a great idea to get him the goal, get the goals in, and then and then let's see if we get Richardson back being himself because we certainly have missed him this season. Mm. Ben Allen is Alan is 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 meant to be back fit for this one. Um, again, would you give him forty five or would you leave him out? Obviously, with Decore being suspended for Leicester. And would you save him for for Wednesday? I, I, I'd be try- once again. I think his was a bit more serious. Alan's injury, and he has been a massive, massive miss for Everton this year. Like when he's been not been playing, he's the one playing that midfield who gets hold of the ball and he, he's looking. He sits in front of the back four, but he's looking at some of his stats. He actually has one of the highest successful rates of dribbling, which surprised me. But looking back on some of the clips, he he does stroll past players with ease, and he creates that mm-hmm. space for like Hamers to sit in the gaps. And, mm-hmm. Him, him, his intelligent runs are actually creating space. So we've seen against the Rotherham game. I think the Corey made that run, and it just split the whole, the whole, the whole defense wide open. So we've mentioned Hammers Rodriguez. He is the play. He's so intelligent on the ball. I can't go into how, how much of a fantastic footballer he actually is. And if you're mm. going to make these runs and give him space, he's going to pick the pass. Like you've seen against Rotherham, he he will pick you out if you make that run and. 
that's what we've been missing in our midfield. Like, even though we've been getting the victories and getting the wins, which we've, we've all said is brilliant. It's the one against Wolves, especially getting that grind and all that. I love that win. Um, mm. But for me, again, last half hour, if he is in the if he's in the squad uh, at all, um, don't get me wrong, we've got quite a, a few centimetres out, haven't we? Dell, Fallon, um, Gabamon, mm. the ghost. But hopefully he's, he's fighting fit. <laughs> But um, no, it, it's, a, it's another difficult one because I think he got a bit of a, a, a groin injury, didn't he, against West Ham earlier on in the season and he's picked up another niggle. Now, we don't want to just keep on niggling and come back for two games and he's out for four or five games. It's You've got to make sure a player nowadays with a level, even against championship opposition, that the level is still a high level of, of uh, physicality. And so we don't want to rush players back too early when we've got the squad depth we've got the Tom Davis filling we've got the Gilfie Sigurdsson Andre Gomez the core still knocking about there so uh, and James has obviously been sitting in there as well freeing up Iwobi who's been brilliant this year on the right so it, it, we don't really need to rush him back it, it would be good to see him in the squad um, definitely in a, and if we're struggling for that spark in midfield he can always come on last half hour but I think centre midfield we, we should have enough to, to beat Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup on Sunday. So, for me, again, in the squad, but last half hour, we don't want to be rushing players back. Do you agree with that, Carl, regarding Alan? Would you, if he is fit, would you leave him on the bench and maybe just bring him on for half an hour towards the end for a little run out? I don't know. I don't know. You know, Mick, I, if he was fit and ready to play, I'd play him. I'd play him. I'd play him from the start. I'd just get him in there and mm. get him back competitive, competitive football from the way it get going. You know, at the end of the day, Alan has been probably our one of our best signings for a long time, and especially in the centre mid, um, dictating the play in there. So I think when he when he's in there, you know, we look like a different different team. So for me personally, like if it was an opportunity to start him, I'd be starting him and just getting the game won. Because I think with him in there, and you know, you've got to be looking at the opposition. You've got to be thinking there, get the game over in the first half, and then it gives Ancelotti then a lot of time, then thinking time and half time to to take players off who haven't being in and out of the team or haven't even had any chances to play in the team because of injuries. So, I personally would play the strongest eleven that we could put out at the time if he was fit enough to start because I always believe if, if he's fit enough to be on the bench, he's fit enough to start because what's the point in bringing him on mm. for the last half an hour? He could pick up an injury, do you know what I mean? Playing from the start, get him warmed up in the, in the before the game, get him out there and, and, and get him playing and then take him off then when he's done his job. Mm. OK, lads, I need your predictions on this one. Obviously, we don't know what sort of team Sheffield Wednesday will be putting out, but nevertheless, Carl, prediction? I'm going to go 3-11. OK, and ben... I'm going to go 2-11 with Guilfrey Sigurdsson scoring the first goal. If you're, going to, if you're, the, if you're the better okay. man, oh. that's your best. <laughs> OK, <laughs> okay, and I will go 3-1 Everton. So, three home wins. Moving on, guys. Um, a little, a little bit of rumor uh, going around the transfer mill. Bernard uh, has been linked with a move away uh, for around ten million pounds over in the UAE. Ben, ten million pounds for Bernard. That would be that would be a good sell for you. Yeah, I, I think so. Don't get me wrong. When Bernard signed for the club, I thought it was a massive coup, and I thought Marcel Brands had pulled off a masterclass with Bernard. He, he, I remember Shakhtar Donetsk as he was pulling strings for Paolo Fonseca. Um, over in that league over there. So I thought he was going to be a brilliant. And the first season, he linked up really well when Lucas Dean came in. And then so had a really good um, understanding of what each other were going to do. And the overlapping was there. But he's kind of faded away for me. Um, he hasn't really progressed and hit the ground running. He doesn't score enough goals. 
doesn't create enough assists. With he's renowned as being a creative player, but he's one of our highest earners at Everton. So he's on 120 grand a week. We got him on a free. So for me, if you're going to get the nine, ten million pound that's discussed, then I'd be looking to take that. I know there was rumours mentioned early on in the summer of Robin Olsen loan being made permanent at Roma, and again Fonseca from Roma looking to 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 buy Bernard for the six million plus Robin Olsen, but bring it up to the magic number of ten. But like you said, Mick, I, I think that would be a good sell for Everton. Um, but again, does it leave us um, short on the wings and? You got to weigh it up, but you can save roughly half a million pounds a, a month with Bernard off the books. And come summer, you're looking in six months' time. That's nearly three million pounds, three double wages, even if he goes in January. So, long term financially, it, it does make sense. And if we can get ten million for him, it's automatic profit, frees up wages on the books. And if we're going to kick on in January, if we get maybe one signing in, then then great. But if if they don't, it, it frees up a, a, another big summer ahead. Hopefully, so for me, make it. All day, ten will be great business. Carl, what are your thoughts on the on that sale if it happens? Yeah, I think it's uh, he's run, run his course, hasn't it? Now with uh, Bernard, like he's had enough chances, and mm. like like uh, Ben touched on them when we first got him, he, he did light it up a bit, didn't he? And everyone thought, well, what at this for the um, signing for the freebie? But you know, and then you look at Rodriguez, <laughs> and then you weigh them up, and you think, hold on a minute. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's have yeah, a let's do. have a little look at this ten million, and and I'll be accepting it immediately. Yeah, yeah, okay. And Ellis Sims, guys, he went out on loan to Blackpool uh, in the week. Carl, Ellis Sims, people have been talking about him for a little while. You know, about giving him actually a try in the first team. Um, I mean, I've seen him in the reserves myself personally. I think it's what he needs. I think he needs a loan out um, at a good football league club at a good football league level to. To be around first team football, do you agree with that one? Him yeah, to he needed ball? to go out on loan, and now he's he's reached a good potential, hasn't he? At the level he's at now, so get, get him in there with the big boys, and you know, let's see what he can do at Blackpool. But definitely think he's got a bright future. Him, I mean, he's scored and goals for fun, isn't he? And he, he seems to be linking the ball up well. Well, a good pal of mine is very like watches him a lot, and um, he studies him a lot, and, he, and he's come back to me saying that you know he's one for the future, and he was surprised that Everton never put him in, you know, when went Tosin. Wasn't on the bench in, in a game. I can't remember what game it was, and he was surprised that we didn't have him on the bench. But maybe just a bit too early for him at the moment. But definitely get him out on loan, and hopefully um, he gets to, used to the playing football in the in the big leagues and comes back a better player. It's it's a really good chance, isn't it, Ben, for for the likes of Sims going out to Blackpool because he, he's almost in a, a win win situation. He's gone to a struggling club in League One. They're currently fighting relegation. Blackpool. So if he doesn't, you know, pull up trees there, it, it, it's not the end of the world. You can almost use that excuse he's in a poor team. But if he does go there and bang some goals in, he, he comes back and he, with a question mark above his head, doesn't he, for Ancelotti to think, right, you know, maybe mm. we should have a look at him. Yeah, definitely. He's obviously been around our first team. And like Carl Sutton's done, there a lot of positive feedbacks coming out of the club regarding Ellis Sims. And it's a, it's a weird one with the Everton under-23s. I think it's, it's quite a, a touchy subject with some fans because we don't... It's very... <laughs> How can I put this? It's rare that these players are actually coming through from the under-23s. Now, mm. I, I, I'm a big fan of loaning our younger players out to the lower leagues. Um, I can see, I think Anthony Gordon needs a loan to like a championship club, myself mm. personally as well. And he, he looks brilliant and he's the one that's coming through for me and obviously in around the first team, but he needs more game time. He needs to be 
the scene against Rotherham, he started off like I thought, oh my, here we go. He, he is a, he looks like an absolute baller. Eh? He's the best player on the pitch, first 10, but then faded out and made a few mistakes and Ancelotti come off. But it's a diff- really difficult one, Mick, for me, our under-23 setup. We don't really see many players coming in. We've, we've got Matthew Perrinson, 26 years of age, playing in, in the centre-half for under-23. It, it's a touchy subject with some fans and I'd like to see more youngsters go out on loan uh, and get that experience and come back to the club and really push on. I think it's different. If you learn your trade in the lower leagues, you're going to get kicked, you're going to get fouled, you're going to get... It's really difficult leagues, like yeah. you said before, to drop down to. And these players will need that. If they can come back a bit tougher, if Anthony Gordon drops down, maybe to the championship and plays there, gets a few kicks, a few niggles and gets a bit more physical and a bit of a... They're only kids, Mick. At the end of the day, they're still growing. You still grow today to twenty-one, twenty-two, and it, he's already a big boy. That Ellis Sims, yeah. he's scoring, he's scoring goals for fun. So, in answer mm. to your question, I think he's going to go there. I think for the, if any Blackpool fans are tuning in, he, he is going to score some goals for you. And I'm quite, I'm quietly confident that he will score goals given the chance um, down there. So, um. It, it's a good move for him, but I'd, like I said, I'd like to see more of under-23s going out on loan and getting that experience and really starting to play football, get match mm. fitness, get get a bit few few more starts under the belt, in essence, with more physical, physical mm. league. So, what are your thoughts, Mick, on it? I'm a big advocate of it, to be honest. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, in the 23 leagues, uh, I've been and watched it live. It's not like football league football. It's really not. It's completely different. Uh, style of football. It's more academy football, in my opinion, uh, the under-23s and below, and it's not as physical. Um, and I think as a young player coming through, uh, I do think it's really important to to learn that aspect of the game, that you are going to play against physical defenders, physical players. Uh, and, you know, you're going to you're, you're gonna have to ride some tackles, take some bumps, take some bruises, and, and that's what you have to learn. It's part and parcel of the game. Um, you just touched on Anthony Gordon, Again, I, I believe a loan for him would be imperative for his improvement. I, yeah. I really do feel that. Um, I mean, he just come out today. I've seen a, an, an article today regarding Anthony Gordon where he says that Ancelotti said uh, he needs to improve his defensive game. Well, with the greatest respect, go and learn that at a championship club. Yeah. That would be good for us. It'd be good for him. And he can develop there and then come back maybe at the end of the season with you know, with another string to his bow that he can then say, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I've improved my defensive capabilities. Carl, what do you think about Anthony Gordon? I mean, again, like Ben just said, I'm a real advocate of it. I think it's proved over the years, you know, you look at even like Man United back in the day, they were the masters of loaning out their young players and then bringing them back at the right time and then blooding them in. Anthony Gordon, would you like Yeah, I think he, he uh, like you and Ben just touched on there, spot on analysis on Anthony Gordon. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think he, he needs a loan, 100%. And with the likes of Ancelotti even saying that, that, that clearly shows you that he's got everything in his arsenal, but apart from defending. <laughs> but, I mean, he is a winger, but the way we play at the moment and the way, what wingers need to do as part of, the, part of the game is to learn how to defend. Sometimes you're up against it or stuff like that, and left-back's usually pretty quick or right-back. So, I think a loan for him would be perfect. The problem that we've got is... Obviously, he's been in the team and in and out of the team because I don't think Ancelotti trusts a couple of players that are already there who are on big wages and trying to shift them off the, off the books first will free up Gordon a chance to leave because they'll bring players in who are probably going to be a little bit better than a little bit wiser, a bit more mature 
and then Gordon will obviously get pushed out and then go on loan and make his uh, name for himself and then come back and hopefully take the game by just go for the neck for us and move on. But mm. I think the massive loans for under twenty threes and I think Chelsea have done 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 quite a good job at it. To be honest, I think they they've got a massive under twenty three squad and. They've done it before in the past and they seem to do quite well from it. Some of their under twenty three players get sold for serious amounts of money as well. Yeah. So you need to do yeah, you need do. to also yeah. get these players in the shop window, even if they're not gonna be good enough. They need to be playing regularly and then you need to decide then whether or not they're gonna cut the mustard or whether they need to be moved on. It's it's as simple as that, isn't it, really? Mm. No, I agree. Okay, guys, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you ever so much for joining me, Carl, Ben. Really appreciate yeah, you're it. Welcome, always. We are back, thank you, we are back on Monday with a very special guest in Kevin Ratcliffe as we talk all the fallout from the FA Cup game on Sunday as well as looking ahead to a very, very big game against Leicester City at home with former captain and former player Kevin Ratcliffe. In the meantime, thank you for listening, stay safe and we'll see you soon. Thank you. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 